In the name of the living God, who is creating, redeeming, and sustaining us. Amen. Well, this afternoon we continue our Evensong sermon series, in which we use the anthem as a focus for our reflections. And today it has been our great pleasure to hear our guest choir sing a new commission by Gareth Wilson, Director of Music at Girton College, Cambridge, and receiving its first performance at this service. Before turning to the anthem itself, just a few words about the choir, Aurora Nova. Those of you who know a bit of Latin will know that Aurora Nova means new dawn a name that's important for this all-female choir formed over 20 years ago at a time when the world of cathedral music and the church more generally was pretty much exclusively male. Here at St Paul's at that time, all the clergy, the choir and the altar servers were men. And Patrick Craig, who joined the cathedral choir here in the mid-1990s, recognised how hard it was for women's voices to be heard and did something about it, becoming the creative force behind this new group of female singers and its director. Well, Aurora Nova has sung here at St Paul's on more than 60 Sundays since then and commissioned more than 15 new works to expand the musical repertoire available for upper voices. And in the year when we celebrate 25 years of female priests in the Church of England and 50 years of female licensed lay ministers, we rejoice in the part that Aurora Nova has played in the new dawn spreading across the whole of our church life as the voices of women spoken and sung bring new perspectives and a new sense of wholeness to our worship. Well, appropriately enough, our anthem today has a female voice implicit throughout. I invite you now to turn back to your orders of service to page 13, where the words and other details are printed out for you. As I mentioned a few moments ago, the anthem is a new setting by Gareth Wilson of well-known words by the 17th century English poet and priest Phineas Fletcher words most often sung as a hymn to a tune by contemporary composer and priest of Fletcher's, Orlando Gibbons. I'm sure many people will know the hymn well. Phineas Fletcher's words were first published in a simple six-line poem in 1633. They are simple, but very tightly packed. And I'd like you to spend a couple of moments now looking back at them as I read them out. Drop, drop slow tears and bathe those beauteous feet which brought from heaven the news and prince of peace. Cease not wet eyes, his mercies to entreat. To cry for vengeance, sin doth never cease. In your deep floods, Drown all my faults and fears, nor let his eye see sin, but through my tears. Behind these simple penitential words 
lies imagery drawn from various biblical sources. There's an implicit reference to the book of Isaiah, to chapter 52, and the words, how beautiful are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who announces peace, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Words originally written in praise of a messenger who is to announce the overthrow of the oppressive empires that had subjugated the ancient Israelite people and to announce their restoration. Isaiah's herald of good tidings of peace and salvation later became associated with the figure of Jesus, the Messiah. And this Old Testament idea of the beautiful feet of the Messiah who brings good tidings, who brings restoration, peace and salvation, are very important in the story that frames Phineas Fletcher's poem, the story of the anointing woman in the Gospel of Luke. In this story, a woman intrudes at a dinner for Jesus, given at the house of Simon the Pharisee, and appalls the supper guests by her uncontrolled display of love and devotion. The woman approaches Jesus without invitation, stands beside him weeping, and then begins to bathe his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair, kissing his feet and anointing them with the jar of costly ointment she'd brought with her. This is a story that appears in all our Gospels, and St. John's version was our Gospel reading at the Eucharist this morning. But there are differences in the way the story is told. In three of our four Gospels, the story of an anointing woman is told at the start of the Passion narrative, when Jesus is in Jerusalem in the week before his crucifixion. In Mark and Matthew, the scene takes place in the home of Simon the leper in Bethany. The woman anoints Jesus' head only and not his feet with the costly ointment and there's no mention of tears. In John's Gospel, the anointing woman is named as Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, and she anoints Jesus' feet, but again with the ointment and not tears. In all three Gospels, Mark, Matthew, and John, Jesus tells us that the woman's actions are to anoint his body for burial. But in St. Luke's version, which is behind Phineas Fletcher's poem, the story comes earlier in his Gospel and is set in the house of Simon the Pharisee. It's only in Luke's account of the story that we're told the woman is a sinner it's only in Luke's account that we're told that the woman weeps. And the story of this sinful woman weeping and anointing Jesus' feet in Luke's gospel is connected not to Jesus' death and burial, but to the woman's overwhelming love for Jesus. Her recognition of Jesus as the friend for sinners who accepts her for who she is, as she is, who will defend her when Simon the Pharisee is outraged by her behavior, who will recognize the love that lies behind her actions and not push her away, but respond with compassion and love, declaring her many sins to be forgiven. 
In Luke's account, the anointing woman comes to Jesus because she sees the transforming love of God in him, and she wants that healing love more than anything. Phineas Fletcher, in his poetic musing on this story, reflects both these strands of our tradition about the anointing woman. Both the sense of Jesus' impending sacrifice as Jesus' passion, his agonizing death, approaches from the stories in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and John, and the intense and mingled emotions of remorse, love, and gratitude in the anointing woman in Luke, as she is drawn to Jesus, friend of sinners, sure of his acceptance, and longing for forgiveness. This Sunday, we're entering Passion Tide, and our focus now shifts from the wilderness days of fasting and temptation to the events of the Passion, when Jesus offers himself up for our sake in his supreme act of love and sacrifice for the sake of sinful humanity. This anthem, with all its intensity of grief and pain and longing so masterfully conveyed by Gareth Wilson's score, draws us, with the anointing woman, to that figure of Jesus, friend of sinners. It invites us to trust, as she did, that in Jesus we will find ourselves accepted, our embrace returned. And as we weeped tears of sorrow and repentance for our own sins and for the sins of the world, to trust that we will find ourselves forgiven and restored by the one who gave himself for our sake. Amen.